0: Hey, Blenders, on this week's show, Patrick Wilson joins us to discuss Insidious The Red Door, and we bring a really fun game from the premium feed over to the main show. Hello, Blenders, and welcome, welcome to episode number 269 of Real Blend, a podcast that is scared and definitely, definitely isn't ready. My name is nope. Sean O'Connell. I'm the managing editor at Cinema <laughs> Blend on this week's show. Actor and director Patrick Wilson is going to join us to discuss shifting over into the director's chair for Insidious, The Red Door. Stick around right after the interview. I will give you guys my spoiler free reaction to the film. And then we are going to bring over a very fun game that has been part of the Roadbund Premium episode for a long time. So uh, hang out with us and play along with us. We'll get to that in a hot second. Uh, In the meantime, let me introduce the boys. I got Kevin McCarthy of Fox five in Washington DC looking dapper as ever. Hello, Kev. How are you, sir?
1: Hello, Sean. And just, uh, just for reference, uh, because I'm recording this at my television station, because I'm in between my live shows. so I don't have my normal background, but, uh, if you're interested in seeing a beautiful sunny day in Bethesda, Maryland, please log on to our YouTube channel, which I think might be the greatest tease of all time. We're going to get millions luck. of views yeah. on this one. So uh, head on over to Real Blends YouTube channel. But you no, know, in general, though, you should watch the show because a lot of nuances and videos, especially with last week with our guest, Lee Cronin, who directed Evil Dead Rise and the book aspect of it. Um, we try to give a visual element as much as possible, but, uh, yeah, good to see you guys and, uh, Uh, honored to be doing the show with you guys as always. Also,
0: the visual element is allowing um, people who watch the show to do animated versions of us, which is now a thing. We had the Pixar characters, then we got Lego characters, and then Donovan, who's going to help us out a little bit later in the show, uh, reimagined us as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And so, (laughs) I want this to just keep going. I want people to keep coming up with different ways to portray us um, in various forms of animation. If there's a... a, uh, Like a Spider-Verse person out there who wants to sort of imagine us as spider people. That'd be cool. All right. If you're watching us on YouTube, you will notice that Jake Hamilton uh, of Fox 32 is not here, but he is being replaced by the equally handsome uh, and just as charismatic Gabe Kovach. Just as
2: charismatic. I don't know about that. Hi, Gabe. I don't know about that. I'm good. I'm good. Just as charismatic. Now, that would be that would be something. Jake's pretty charismatic. More charismatic? No, no. I mean, Jake is so animated. He's a Pixar character on his own. All
0: right, uh, Jake is not here, but he will be back around later on this week for something important that we will continue to tease on social media and then uh, confirm once it is confirmed. So, um, as <laughs> I mentioned, if you're watching us on YouTube, go to YouTube.com/backslash blend Podcast uh, to figure out all the stuff that we're talking about. Give us a like and a subscribe. You're going to head to the comments later on to answer a question that I'm going to have for you. And in the meantime, uh, if you're listening to us, all the different places where you get your audio podcast needs met we thank you for that as well too have you signed up for real blend premium it's a way to get ad-free versions of the show and a newsletter from myself um so check the description for information wherever you happen to be listening to real blend on how you can sign up okay as mentioned uh insidious has a new chapter coming out called the red door uh what's been interesting about the insidious franchise is that you had uh The first one and the second one, which followed this family that was headed up by uh, Patrick Wilson and Rose Byrne. And then uh, Insidious three and four became prequels that um, primarily focused on Lin Shea's character. Uh, And now for uh, Insidious five, Patrick Wilson is stepping back in and it's kind of continuing the story from chapter two, but but what was most interesting about it is that Patrick decided he was going to take over the directing responsibilities for this, and um, he came on the show to talk about directing Insidious. But in the process of that, we talked about whether he ever had a chance to do this for the Conjuring franchise, uh, how he keeps those franchises separate and exciting for him, um, different inspirations that he had as a director to bring to the Insidious franchise, the the influence that James Wan um, and several of the filmmakers that he worked with, including Zack Snyder. We talked a lot about Watchmen um, and just, you know, the, the types of things he wanted to bring to the Insidious franchise. So. I will stop talking and I will pass the baton over to Patrick Wilson, who is the director and star of the new film Insidious, The Red Door. I want to start us here by sort of asking, um, at what point as you were leading up to directing The Red Door, did you start to like shadow other directors you were working under and start asking them technical questions? Or did that even happen as part of your process?
3: That, That didn't really happen. Um, uh, I think because I have such a rhythm as an actor that, you know, we were shooting the third Conjuring movie when I, when this idea started percolating, when I started to think about what I was going to do here. Uh, I mean, maybe I kind of looked around a little bit more, but not not really like i never was one of those like and then i went and shadowed martin scorsese like i would just you know i didn't i didn't do that that's the sort
4: of answers we're looking for so if you could just make up stuff like that yeah. that would be really great
3: well i followed a young man by the name of steven spielberg no i uh <laughs> yeah i i didn't do that i didn't do any of that i i um i knew you know I, but that being said i think james would be the first one to tell you uh, i i would always I've been very conscious of what lens size what the camera's doing how much are you gonna are we gonna cover this where are you where are you shooting this I've always been that guy because i I think it's important for actors to know that I do i'm I don't think actors should be in a vacuum where they don't I'm totally clueless of the camera well that's kind of to me that's a little ignorant. I I I I you wouldn't say that on stage. Like I have no idea where the audience is. Like that's just ridiculous <laughs> to me. So, yeah. I I I it's a similar kind of stagecraft. It's just a, a film craft really. So, I've always been conscious of that and certainly the last several years I've become very very aware of that. So, I I I kind of knew that and I knew, you know, I know what kind of movies I like, what kind of look that I wanted, uh, what kind of angles and shots that I wanted. I didn't know a lot of, you know, I didn't grow up, I didn't go to film school. I was not a photographer. So when you start getting into iris and exposure and things like that, not my forte. So, right. um, I yeah. just want to surround myself with people that did know that, you know, but I, I know what looks good to me. So, yeah.
4: yeah. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, you mentioned conjuring as you were starting to decide Uh, sort of that you were going to direct, that you wanted to step behind the camera. How did you decide between potentially directing Insidious versus directing the next Conjuring film?
3: That's funny. It's funny because, you know, I got this offer the day that I started shooting, literally the day that I started shooting Conjuring 3. And I was like, it's so funny. Because these movies are not intertwined to me. They are Mm. to fans. But to me... (laughs) You know, me and James and Steve Coulter and some of the, you know, Eleanor does makeup. You know, there are a few sort of holdovers between, you know, Mike Burgess, or, who's, who's uh, you know, works behind the camera, DP, um, that that can float in between both worlds. But they're so separate in my mind of experiences and times in my life. Um, so the there was a conversation with James (laughs) uh, about like, you know, not not an are you sure you wanna do this, but like, you know, there, maybe there will be something down the road if that, you know, you've got The Conjuring universe to deal with too and whether that's a movie or a mini series, whatever is gonna happen. But, you know, you have to look at the opportunities that are in front of you and really more important than all the career stuff, the story, you know, Mm -hmm. in this, just seemed like the right there there were the nuts and bolts of the story of Dalton going to college. so and that's kind of really, you know, if I look at the original pitch of mine that was about fifteen to 20 pages long and it was like Dalton going to college. a couple of scenes with Josh, no Renee, no family struggle, um, no Chris, uh, you know, no Ben Burton smash face stuff. none of none of that was in there. Uh, and then I thought about it and I was like, you know, if I were to do an insidious movie, I would want to a- attack, confront, question and honor the second movie and the first movie. Like I would just want to kind of go at it. Um, so that was the story I'd want to tell. I'd want Rose in it. What if you can't get her? Like, well, let me, I'll let me deal with that. I'll Let me ask her, you know, uh, you know. What about who's gonna play Dalton? You know, these kind of things. Tie, only tie. You want the whole family back? Yes, whole family back. You know, um, wanna be a father and son journey. Uh, I got an idea for, a, for a, another father, you know? Uh, it's something we've never talked about. You know, all these things that I wanted to put in there, put them in an art, not just college, make it an art school. I went to theater school, I know what that's like. Uh, so you got this, so all these elements that it just made sense to do the movie, because I knew it was something that I was gonna be, certainly with your first film, it's gotta be something you're super passionate about, because there are gonna be so many variables that you have no control over and you don't know, right? Every day was like a new experience, like never done a tech scout, you know? Like, like this never done, it, it was a constant state of that. Never done this before, never been in a marketing meeting, you know, things that you just don't do as actors. Right. So. Uh it it just made sense that this this was the first one out of the gate.
0: It's funny for you to say that um your original pitch was mostly focused on Ty's character because there was a scene in this, uh Patrick, where you um you call your son and you're like, I'm gonna go find out what's happening to me. And as an audience member, I was like, did Patrick just write himself out of the movie? Did he just <laughs> did he just clear himself up to not have to act in the rest of this film? But clearly you're in a no, lot of No, that was right
3: uh that was an added <laughs> scene, actually. I wasn't in the movie Uh, If anything, I was. If anything, I'm. I'm not. I'm not precious about my performance at all. In fact, uh, some of the stuff that we went and did additional photography on was was my stuff because I didn't have a lot of my stuff in there. Um, Because I didn't want. I didn't. I didn't need the movie to be about me. I just that, that that was not my goal with the movie. But we just found it just worked better, and we needed Josh to you know audiences know me and rose so you 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 want you know you want audiences to to be fulfilled and not go where'd that guy go you know <laughs> so that that's was, why i
4: could never be an actor director because every shot would just be of me yeah, <laughs> well, that's So that's true. right that's it, right there's a lot the of visual that.
0: elements of this podcast are really focused heavily on jake <laughs> with, yeah with your frame looks though, a little I mean, bigger Yeah, Um, I do want to talk to you, though, Patrick, about um, the backgrounds of scenes. And I noticed that in the Insidious franchise, as an audience member, I find myself paying attention to what's going on in the background more than anything else, because it feels like that's where the scare might be coming from. And you play a lot with things that are going on in your background. I just want to hear about your approach to, you know, when you're setting up a, a shot, knowing that we're going to be deliberately looking at something that might be happening behind the characters.
3: Yeah, I think you when you go the answer is good, I'm glad. That's what you're looking for. I'm I I know that people, you know, that's part of the misdirect is understanding where sometimes where is it coming from. And but you don't want the audience to just be looking for a scare. You know, you I I want them to be invested in the story that we're trying to tell. So, you know, for instance, the that townhouse sequence where I'm flipping up the things and you see him across the street and coming yes. closer, yeah. and I had a couple of different versions of that, even shot a couple of different versions, but um i I wanted him to appear in daylight, uh just kind of lurking uh yeah. not. Understanding and you, we'd already we already seen him. We had just seen him out of focus, and so we're wondering. is that I think that's the same thing. That would make sense. It's got to be the same guy. Now I can see him in focus. What's wrong with him? You know, I that that stuff I love, and then I love to pull back and maybe have people think, oh God, now he's going to be inside. Like I, I try yeah. to put myself because one of James's coolest scares in the first one. It's so simple, but using the double of uh, of walking back and forth. We call him the long haired fiend. Back and yeah, forth, yeah. and then he's in the house. So great! <laughs> it's so simple, it's so great. Uh, but you can't do that anymore, he already did it. So, I just wanted to play with that. So, I kind of took a kernel of that, and then, um, and then I always loved in uh, in Carpenter's uh, in the mouth of madness when uh, the guy with the axe comes out and Sam Neill is having. Uh, he's, he's in the restaurant and you see the guy walking across the street going crazy and Sam Neill they're just talking you know and I was like this is fantastic and you never think he's going to come through the window and the guy just comes through the window they get shot and all of a sudden turns into this weird little action sequence I love that so I wanted that and then I was told yeah. no <laughs> I was told I was I don't mind saying that I love all these guys but they, they I would say they fought me I was strongly disagreed with that scene should be at night. No, I really want it during the day, guys. We got, no, come on, follow me here. You know, I love, I love, you know, I, one of the things that I love in the first movie that because there's so many incredible scares in that first film, you you, you overlook the, when Tiptoe comes on and there's the dancing boy and she, when she's taken out the garbage and you're like, oh God, like it's the simplest of things, but the fact that it's during the day is so freaking uncomfortable. You I know, hate and that in the scene. real Sean I talks
4: about that scene all the time yeah, on the I podcast. I haven't forgotten
3: that scene since. Yeah, and in the real world, so I was like, I want this guy to be in the real world, and I would get all this talk back of like, but he, but did, does he really come through the glass? Yeah, he comes through the glass. What well, can we just shoot him on the other side? No, he's coming through the glass. But th- but what happens after it? There's broken glass. What do you mean he didn't imagine it? No, it happened, guys. Have you seen the other films? Like, it's real. Like, that's what's so cool about this world. So, um, you know, is it the best scare in the movie? No, but I, did, I don't need everything to be a jump scare. I want it to be uncomfortable. I want people to, to go, I don't expect that, and then just go, okay, well, that just happened, you know, and then he's in the further in the closet, and, you know, I like the weirdness of the of this franchise. I really do. I think it's it's cool it's much different than conjuring that like you wouldn't I wouldn't you wouldn't do that in a conjuring movie and I like that so I like kind of getting in the spirit of insidious and having it sometimes be melodramatic and avant-garde and weird and it's cool I think the 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 series supports it
4: Patrick, that actually is my favorite scare in the entire movie. So I'm glad you fought for that. That was when I was telling you oh, earlier that my girlfriend looked at me and was like, I've never seen you jump that high. Oh, before yeah, yeah. While watching the movie, man. Um, so actually you, that perfectly leads into my next question because horror is my favorite genre of all time. So much so that sometimes I take pride in knowing like, okay, it's coming from this way. Like right, this is, right, right, is right. where it's going to come from. Yeah. And there were moments where like it felt like you knew that I thought it was going to come from this way and therefore you made it come from that way. So I am sort of curious how much of your job is knowing what horror fans are going to be predicting and therefore uh, maybe doing the opposite of it. Like we think we're one step ahead of you so you have to stay one step ahead of us being one step ahead of you.
3: Yes, that's exactly right.
4: (laughs) And (laughs) If that that makes any sense whatsoever. No, no, it
3: makes perfect sense. Sometimes it can be done with... um, with music Lee was really helpful with that I got to say because there were some times where we would uh, talk about something and, he, and and he'd say you know try it without try it without music like you watch and you know and um because it's a it's a very knee-jerk reaction to sort of like, right, then the big sting comes and this comes and that comes, you know, music, you know. And sometimes that's cool. And I, I think you need you do need to pepper that in there because audiences do, you kinda want to lull the audience into thinking something is coming and then just totally pulling the rug out. So that that's fun to me. I just laugh when I do it because I think it's I think it's funny. I like watching people squirm. It it, it makes me chuckle. Um I I think I think Actually, one of the greatest tips Lee gave me was uh, I, I had some sequence in there and I had music and the music worked cool. It's just a little eerie because I wasn't I wasn't quite going for. I just wanted more of like a tone setting. And he said, just try it without it. And I was like, really? You think really without? He's like, just cut it all. Watch. Let the audience have the moment. And it was like it had been music had been in there for months. And then you take it out. And as soon as you take it out, you're like oh shit, of course, like that's great. Yeah. You know, and I and I, I really, that's where I admire these guys and I'm not afraid to admit that. There's a lot of stuff that I knew like the back of my hand and then there are some moments where, what am I not gonna lean on the guy that have made franchises, two franchises? Like there's a right. real tremendous asset and surrounding yourself with people that that really, really, really push you. But because they ultimately know whatever take you choose, whatever music you put in, take out, It's all you, like they walk away and you can do whatever you want, it's your movie. So, um, but it was a real tremendous help. James too, James would come in. I would show James a bit of a trailer that I don't even cut the trailer. Trailer has nothing to do with me. And he would kind of, and he would text me like, hey, in that one shot, like he's doing Aquaman 2. Like we're like doing reshoots on Aquaman 2. Like it has nothing to do with (laughs) Insidious. And he would say, hey, I saw that moment in the trailer. Try this in this moment. And you're like, oh, good idea. Didn't even think of that, you know. Um, it's great. It's great. So you want to surround yourself with people that that, and and more than not, like I rarely would go, oh, I disagree totally. That doesn't make any sense, you know, because I, I have a similar uh, sensibility. That's probably just working together over 13 years, but uh, um, yeah, they were a tremendous help.
0: I'm glad you brought up music, Patrick, because that's where I was going next. Um, I I stuck with the the song over the end credits just because I was kind of digging it. Halfway through, it really kicks in. And I was like, God damn, this is a great song. I, I love sort of power ballads from the 80s kind of thing. And it had that sort of feel to it. But then yeah. I got to the, I was like, who is this? I want to find out who this is. And I found out it's a band called Ghost, which I've never heard of before. And it says ghost featuring Patrick Wilson. So what is Patrick Wilson doing in that song?
3: Yeah, no, I know. I, uh, well, that's a long time coming uh, to, it's a long answer. The, the The short version is, that is a band that I, that I've loved for several years, uh, they did Hunter's Moon for Halloween. So they are, uh, in the simplest of terms, lyrically a satanic, like really pop metal group. They've been nominated, won Grammys, uh, and an incredible band. I really are awesome. Tobias Forge is the, the, really the brains behind the operation. He writes everything and he's, he's tremendous. Um, and I like, let me just say, I'm a big metalhead. I also love country music, and I mean, I'm a massive music fan. I, 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 I go to hip hop shows with my kids. So I'm, I, but I really, I loved what I love about their music and Ghost. Um, yes, they're kind of. It's not a metal tune, as you know. That song was written by Dave Stewart of the Eurythmics for the Shakespeare Sisters in about 1992. Two, I think, uh, somewhere around Oh, that's there.
0: crazy because the lyrics match your movie almost. Like, I thought that there were moments in the lyrics. So I was like, oh, did he commission this?
3: No, <laughs> I, I I wish. I wish I had that money in that time. No, I I had been looking <laughs> for a song. I knew I wanted a great end credit song. I I kept thinking of, like, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 when Dokken does Dream Warriors. And I was like, but only guys that are like, you're nodding because we're like, you know. 50 year old white guys are like, yeah, yeah totally. All... But like, <laughs> that's not necessarily the audience, core audience of Insidious. So I'm like, well, it can't be a joke. Like, I can't, it can't, the song can't be a joke, but I don't, I want it to be truthful to me. And I'm, I'm a big music nerd. I, I handpicked all that music in there. I'm, I'm, I would, uh, so every note that's in that movie, I'm, I, 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 I was very precise with. Um, but the song, really i have to thank tim Bickford, who is who works at their label at ghost label and and i went to their concert and i talked to tobias um of ghost and you know i i didn't know i didn't know if i i didn't have the time or the money or or, or honestly other people other than me i'll be very honest with you this is all me i'm not i have no yeah. problem saying that i did it behind everyone's back i that that's the honest <laughs> to god truth um that's i had the awesome. support of my musical supervisor but like <laughs> Sony didn't know. Blumhouse really didn't know. like they, they knew in theory, <laughs> but like, but like I you. knew we had a budget I knew we had a budget for music, and I stayed within that budget, and I had befriended the, their manager and their label, and he would send me tracks that Ghost was doing. And he said, "You know?" And I said, these are the themes of my movie." light and dark, the balance of light and dark, and this other, the further, and something of father's, and, and I told him all my themes, and then I got back about two months later, you know, there's this song that's gonna be on their box set, it's already done. Tobias has recorded it, it's just him singing it, and I said, great, would it be cool if I sang with him? And they were like, you know, and I, I wanted them to know, I wasn't just some chump, like I can sing, so. Yeah. Um and they love the yeah, idea Phantom for God's sakes come on no i mean he's a master <laughs> of branding i mean if you see their images the music belies their image which i love their image is sort of like the, the what what kiss was for us like what is okay. going on very dark this pope is crazy mask you know i mean it's very 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 theatrical and i love that and it fit and he sent me this song and i listened to those lyrics like you just said and i was like oh, this is perfect. And they were like, yeah, Tobias would love you take the first verses, first two verses, he'll come in with the change, so he'll basically be the demon. And I was like, this is perfect. So it's sort of like almost sung from Josh's perspective, almost Josh of Insidious 2, actually, kind of weird. And then, and uh, so I, we just set it up. I went and recorded it, Uh, his track was already done. And I said, I'd like to really sing, kind of wail at the end, like my nod to sort of Iron Maiden. So I, I, and I, I just went for it, and I talked to Bias and said, "Hey, I'm just going to take a swing at the end." He's like, "Go, go for it." So yeah, so we now have this weird, crazy single. And my wife, who knows nothing, my wife doesn't like metal or anything. She's like, oh my god, the song's so beautiful. Like, right, if you listen to the lyrics, it's super dark. But I love that. (laughs) That's the movie to me. It's this beautiful melody. And you're like, hang on a second. Why is he singing about being in chains? Like like when you come back to your own world?
4: What is happening? It's perfect. That's fantastic. That's uh, incredible. Thanks that for sharing. That's awesome. That. It's a long story. Uh, Patrick, sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna shift gears for a second, um, and because the very first time I ever interviewed you uh, was at the Beverly Hilton Hotel at the Watchmen junket, and from that day on, I every single time I've spoken to you, I've reminded you that Watchmen is an absolute masterpiece. I still have the New York full page New York Times ad that says cinematic masterpiece and has my attribution on there. Um, that being said, I still tell people like. It came out, it was too too brilliant for its time. It yeah. came out just a couple of years too early. Do you think if Watchmen came out today, it would have been received differently or would have performed differently than it did at that time?
3: Well, today is even different than two years ago. So sure. let's just say that, first of all. Um I I will tell you this. Uh, Watchmen is might. B, I, I would probably put a large amount of money on this, is the only movie of mine that I have watched front to back since a premiere. Uh, and I, really? I watched it a couple last year with my 13-year-old. The, I, and I, I mean that. The, and I love a lot of the movies that I've done. A lot of them I don't. But, but I'll, I'll, I might watch a few minutes when they're on. It's like a, looking at an old friend. That's the only mm. movie that I've watched front to back. And it's that movie's awesome. And uh Zach just What was the
0: reason? What was just because you wanted to share it with your son? I wanted to
3: share it with my son. I also probably wanted to fast forward through the scene with me and Mollin in the ship. <laughs> uh, so I needed to, I needed to stay close by. No, I just I wanted to look at it as as an older guy, as a as a filmmaker, as uh Someone who uh, I've heard this for years, and I don't disagree. It's a it's a weird thing to say. It's before its time, but I I know what you mean. But it's like if the movie didn't happen, then you know I I remember shooting, and we were shooting a scene. I think it was in in Adrian's office and Ozamandi's office, right? And just as we were shooting this, I think Nolan released a shot of Dark Knight, and it was a very similar shot, and it was really sort of like. Almost like, oh, this is where movies are going, um, if that makes sense. So I knew Zach was kind of, he was ahead of the curve, you know. It, it's weird to say that audiences weren't ready for it, but you you need a movie like that. You know, you need a movie like that. You need movies to go so dark that then Avengers can go so light. You know, I, I, I do believe in that. I, I believe you need... Oh, I don't know if we're ready for that yet. Let's do this. This is fun. So maybe without it, the the movies kind of stay, you know, you look at a lot of the, you know, I mean, you had Spider-Man and those movies worked, but you know, you you, you know, obviously without stating the, you know, yeah, yeah stating the obvious, but Marvel changed the game. But I think, I think you had to have those movies. I think you had to have the other side of it in order to go, okay, there's a reason that movie didn't land right now. What can land right now? Enter Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man, you know? So I think those movies kind of have to, they kind of have to work together. Um, I do think it would be received differently now, but I think it would be received even differently, maybe pre-pandemic, you know? I think it's a different, it's a different game now. but yeah, I love that movie. I love what.
4: Sure, Are you, but you can't judge a movie on opening weekend. You judge it by the fact that we're that almost 15 years later, we're we're still talking about it. To me, like that is that's the win. Hundred percent. And you still will. I mean, I'd love yeah.
3: to do that movie now. I mean, well, I would. I honestly, I think that'd be so awesome to just do it now. And I and I and I dug the series, but you know, my comment was always, yeah, the series is great it's not Watchmen, but it's great. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> All right.
0: We're being told we have five minutes left and I want to jump to this, um, this scene, Patrick, because you get to share a scene with, with Lin Shay, who it yeah. obviously is, you know, seminal to this franchise and I won't give away the context of it, but how important was it for you to have a moment where Elise meets Josh and, and they get to interact?
3: Yeah, it was, uh, uh, vital. Uh, I, I won't lie. That was my idea. I, I didn't I didn't want her. Yeah, without giving everything away, I didn't want her the way we had seen her before. I I wanted very consciously to not look. She comes in and saves the day in the second film, and that's sort of her role. But I was like, we're ten years later. Like, I can't just have her come out of the dark and save everyone. Like, I I, I this is a different. This is a, it's a different story. It's a different time. Don't know if Dalton would really know her. Like. It doesn't, doesn't, you know, I, I, it's, it's weirdly too much to unpack. What I wanted to do was present her in a very, uh, important beat moment, um, that honestly, between you and me, if they do six, seven, eight, five, fifteen, 15, I don't care, but it, it gives her a new runway. That's, that was my goal. Um, because she died in the first film, so you can't you can't keep doing prequels. What is that person, that ghost, that that entity? What is she like now? We know she's on another plane, but what does that mean for us? So that was why it was a very carefully chosen and uh, uh, scene in there that I think has some nice resonance. And and clearly, I adore her. She can do no wrong for me, and I, you know, but for what she was brilliant in and she was her whole movie. So I knew just for the sake of change, we needed a new it needed a new arc, you know? Uh we couldn't just keep revisiting the same mining the same field.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
4: Uh Patrick Sean and I said something almost at the exact same time a couple of hours ago, which is uh we both want some of those paintings or some of the drawings from this film and we were instantly we were like wait where are someone has to have them it was your idea to come up with the art school but yeah. I am curious as to like who has who has the drawings now because I would love to have one I do all uh, of them.
3: no not all of them uh, most of them the, the, the good ones were done by my friend uh, Ricky Mujica who's an artist uh, RickyMujica.com Ricky is an incredible realist I mean Parsons teaches at Art Students League like he's no joke uh I've known him for 30 years. We did a Shakespeare program together literally 30 something years ago. Wow. So, uh when he was like among other things was like an actor for a little bit, but uh uh yeah, he's like a renaissance man. He can do no wrong in my book, but I knew when I when I did this, he also understood the assignment, you know, meaning he he could paint it, he could draw at different levels. He'd go, well, this is about a 13 year old. Now let's make him about 17. I don't wanna make it too good. Now he's getting really good. Now let's paint. Now this is how you'd paint. You'd use shellac over it so you can paint on top of charcoal. So um, yeah, we really nerded out about the uh, the, the artwork. Uh, and so finally, yeah, the last piece I have, the
4: piece of us on the, on the wall. That, which is, oh yeah, that was that, yeah. That, that gets you right here yeah yeah
0: well i also i thought the scene you know where they talk about having to destroy your art you know in order to to really build yourself back up again was such a significant moment as well too not for not just for that character but for the movie in general
3: yeah i agree i agree but I will not all right, be ready. Patrick, up they're this kicking
0: article. us out. So, um, but we want to thank you so much for coming on the show, sure. and, uh, and we really appreciate it. And congratulations, continued success. Great to see you guys. Now, will I see you again? Good to see you, buddy.
4: Will I see you again in, in like about 10 minutes? forty-five minutes? Okay, but great. it'll be like for like th- we, we do a big like musical three-hour. Three we have a yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, great. exactly A three-hour-long musical, insidious musical number. And Save all the good dinner stuff at for them. six.
0: <laughs> dinner <laughs> at six at your house yeah. is that right?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: perfect. It's gonna work out great. I'll bring dessert. Thank you. Bye, guys. See you guys.
2: This episode of Real Blend is brought to you by Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse.
0: We want to thank our good friends at Sony Pictures and, of course, Patrick Wilson for joining us to talk about Insidious, the red door. I want to give you guys my reaction to the film. Um, Jake, got a chance to see it as well, too. He's not here this week. Uh, Kevin didn't get a chance to get out and see it just yet. You know. I like Patrick. I like Patrick a lot. I think he does a pretty good job directing the film. The film is just it's the fifth film in a horror franchise. And by this point and and I, I hate this, because to me, the first Insidious is one of the scariest horror films I've seen in a really, really long time. And one of the things that the franchise does do well and, and the Red Door even continues this is take really basic um, items and figure out how to make them terrifying. In the first movie, I've discussed this a lot. It's those um, baby monitors that you have in your kid's room and there's voices coming over the, the 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 monitor in this one. And it was so unnerving. There's this a moment too, and when we talked about it with Patrick in the interview uh, of Rose Byrne's character bringing the trash out to the alley and the camera mm-hmm. follows her out. And when it goes past the window, you see that that little boy dancing in front of the record player which freaks me out still to this day. And Patrick and I talked about that scare but there's a moment in the red door too of him uh, getting an mri because he's trying to figure out why all these things are sort of plaguing him psychologically so he goes to see a doctor to figure out that there's something wrong with him uh something actually in his brain that's causing him to see these different things and the mri sequence is like an all-timer um it's just a really great scare a really unnerving sequence that patrick di- di- uh, directs extremely well The rest of the story, which follows uh, Ty Simpkins' older character away to college, is not as compelling as some of the other Insidious stuff has been. Um, So I don't fault Patrick necessarily. I kind of think it's an issue of the script. Um, They do try to bring Lin Shea back a little bit. I'll leave it for you guys to figure out how that's going to go. They do leave the door open for the franchise to continue. But, you know. Whereas I think The Conjuring started to lose a little bit of steam with its most recent uh, installment, and it wasn't quite as good as the first two. Uh, This fifth Insidious, surprise, surprise, is starting to feel like it's losing a little bit of its luster. But what's interesting, too, is that I kind of went back and looked this up. The previous Insidious movies did not do well critically, um, and they still have an audience. They still go on to make a decent amount of money. So I'll be curious to see if people turn out. Kev, how many Insidiouses have you stuck around with after the first one? Do you watch any of the prequels?
1: The first two, I saw the first two. The first one scared me. The Conjuring scared the you know scared me very much. The first two Conjurings and then the first Insidious. The first Insidious was actually one of the most shocking horror films I remember seeing in recent memory. Like, like it was PG-13, I, th- I want to say. And it was still really, really scary. Because I think the first, the, the Conjurings are R-rated and the insidious films I want to say are PG-13 I could be wrong but like but that first one was terrifying but that's Absolutely James terrifying. Wan
0: and Lee Wannell like when James yeah. Wan and Lee Wannell are clicking they make some of the yeah. best most original horror films out there Gabe have you stuck yeah. stuck up with the franchise at all or
2: no I've only seen the first one and then okay. I know, I kind of fell off of it um, I enjoyed the first one it's a, you're yeah. right it's a great horror movie but yeah. the the do you think Insid- it's worth? It, it sounds like yeah. you've seen them all, right, Sean? You're you're caught up yeah. on. it. Is it worth? Do you think it's a franchise that's worth sticking with?
0: Yeah, I mean, so long as they can come up with a clever idea, you know, for having to like, there's this there's this place that you can go to um, in the Insidious franchise called the Further. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of what they're it's like astral projections is the theme that they're talking on, mm-hmm. where like somebody's able to sort of push themselves into this area called the further. And when I was describing it to Michelle, she was like, oh, it sounds like the upside down and stranger things. And I was like, yeah, but like the upside down stole from Insidious. Like, Insidious yeah, right. has been around here for a really long time. Yes. Yeah, so are they similar? So, yes, you can continue to go down that route. And there's definitely um, areas within the main family that are worth exploring. Um, so I'd be OK if they continue to do more of them. But it's like how many franchises at uh, film number six, you know, reinvent themselves unless it's Fast and Furious, which I guess did, did something like that with five. So bring the rock into yeah. the insidious universe. And then uh, maybe we're, <laughs> maybe we're cooking with gas at that point. So um, but what's interesting, too, is that there's not a lot of horror in theaters theaters right now. And so mm-hmm. this could be a good time for insidious, the red door to come out and um, it really feels like the
2: in, you know, how like the, the superhero genre had its moment where like it just expanded outside of the summer and now mm-hmm. it's kind of most of the year. And it feels like this feels recent to me because I feel like horror movies either came out in like January when nothing else was coming out or they came out in the scary, spooky season. And now it feels like they've had such 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 a success with sort of lower budget horror films that it's just like any weekend they can find in the year that's open. that's like we'll throw a horror movie there and it'll make us money.
0: Well, you know who does that? It's Blumhouse. Like Jason Blum kind of realizes, hey, if I'm going to open Freaky, you know, or some such thing. It doesn't matter when I open it. I'm going to draw an audience to it. Yeah, they'll show up. That's awesome. So we'll see. We'll see how Insidious does. Um, But I loved having Patrick on the show, and I think that he was a terrific conversation. That's awesome. I hope you guys enjoyed it as well as we did, too. It's fun to sometimes have actors um, who make the transition over after long careers. Like, it was fun to be able to pick over some of the uh, films that Patrick has done and the directors that he's worked with and then saw, you know, the different things that he has brought to his own experience. All right. So we want to... uh, We've been talking about the fact that with this new format that we wanted to bring a lot of the um, the energy and some of the cool things that we were doing as part of the premium format uh, into the main show because of the amount of fun that we were having with it. And and part of the thing that we seriously enjoyed doing were uh, games, because I honestly do think that like the people who are listening to the premium franchise to the premium feed enjoyed playing along you would hear people tell us like oh i did this well you know or i i got more than than you guys in this one and this is what i did well and one of the games that we really enjoyed playing which was um set up for us by a longtime listener loyal uh friend of the show donovan who turned us into turtles this week Mm -hmm. uh it's called what year was it and gabe why don't you set up the the rules for the people who yes. are going to be listening and playing. There will at home.
2: be many first-time listeners to this game. I'll explain it as um, simply as I can, and then we'll get into the first round. And I think if you didn't get it, you'll get it pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but basically, what year was it? Is I have three clues to give you in each round, um, and each clue is a movie that was they were all released in the same year. And I'll rele- I'll uh, reveal the clues one by one, and after each clue, these guys will get a chance to write down their guess and lock it in. Depending on how many clues it takes them to get the correct answer will determine how many points they get at the end of the round. So I will reveal clue number one. They'll make their guess. They'll let me know. They'll lock it down. They're, they're locked in. Um, I'll reveal the second clue. If they, if they have to change their answer to the second clue, it's only worth two points instead of three. Um, if it takes all three clues, it's only worth one point. Um, and if you don't get it right, you don't get it right. As I it's said, it's a little
0: unfortunate Jake's not here because he usually has some kind of a theme song to go with the fun games.
2: Sure, sure. Yeah, maybe I'll get him to send one in. Just record. He'll be on the uh, <laughs> lake
0: or wherever he is in Texas. Yeah. And, uh, Taking a break from his vacation to mock up a, a theme song for what year was it? All right, boys,
2: what do you say? We jump right into it.
0: Let's right go into it. OK, I'm feeling pretty good. Feeling good. We'll start Jake's with Jake's not here. He can't beat us. We'll start with our first round. Like I said, folks,
2: if you don't get it, I think after one round it'll it'll be clear. But with our first round, your first clue is the movie Her. Oh, Her. And This is worth three points. One clue worth three
0: points here. Oh, that's interesting.
2: Sean, do you oh. feel conf- confident? Interesting, or you're you're just in like no no. Do you feel I like don't. you're in the right decade?
0: You're in the right um. decade. I know it's you got to go a little bit further back, but I don't know how far back I should go. I'm going to because
1: I so I'm trying to think about this because I hosted I introduced Spike Jones at a screening for this, I think, at AMC Georgetown. I have a photo of him and I in front of the her poster and hers, the movie that made me want to visit Shanghai, because if you're if people aren't familiar with the movie, it takes place in futuristic L.A., And he shot all the exteriors or a lot of the exteriors in Shanghai to make it look like Joaquin was walking through a futuristic L.A. Friend of the show,
0: Joaquin Phoenix, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) And I really wanted to go to Shanghai
1: because of that movie. So I'm trying to think of the time frame of when that would have been. All right. I'm
0: locked Uh, in with my I'm locked in with my three point guess, but I'm not feeling great about it.
1: Not Uh, I'm not I'm not feeling great about mine, but I'm locked in my three point guess as well. All right. We'll move on to your second clue. Okay. So if we change, clue. we switch to two points, right? Yep. Yep. Correct. Okay.
2: Your second clue is World War Z. Ooh. Uh, World War ooh. Z. Oh, and again, I, I can't say this enough. Thank you, Donovan, for this awesome game. We've had a ton of fun playing it in the premium feed we couldn't be more excited to bring it to the larger audience. And hopefully everyone else has as much fun as we've been having
0: world wars. This is like a real gray area of like <laughs> movies. I, I know I've <laughs> seen I, and covered extensively. The
1: one point, the I'm one point more, clue for I'm, this is great. I think I'm one year off, but I'm going to stick with my three pointer. I also, because I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm also sticking with my three pointer.
1: Okay.
2: Okay. They're still locked in for three points for your yep. final clue. Oh, Which no. will bring you down to one point. If you need no. to make any adjustments, the Wolf of Wall Street.
0: Yeah, that doesn't help me. This is it's all right in this uh, gray one, area.
1: I think I'm one year off, but I'm going to stay just because I'm not entire. Yeah, I'm going to stay.
0: By the way, Wolf of Wall Street slowly climbing up pj's rank of uh favorite movie of all time
2: oh wow oh currently ferris bueller
0: is still his his number one but weirdly similar movie he watches (laughs) he watches wolf all the time now
1: so i would argue that wolf of wall street is dicaprio's best performance and the reason i would argue that is because it hits all angles dramatic physical comedy It, it just Encompasses the range that he displays yeah. in that character is incredible. I think he should have won the Oscar. He's that tough. Film.
2: He's he's really tough for best performance because he has such a range. Of that's spec- why I think Wolf specific- gives it, gives it sure. all. Sure, sure. But yeah. he has such a range of specific characters, and I think there's merit to when he singles in on on a character that's maybe not doesn't have as much going on as Wolf of Wall Street, and he goes yeah, that deep, a little more dialed in. Yeah. Also, and that's also impressive
1: in its own way. I like don't Shutter hate- Island.
0: Well, I was gonna say I don't hate that he won for Revenant though. I don't. I'm not. I'm not mad at that.
1: Yeah, I like the Revenant. I do not love the Revenant. I. I He's great. I, 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 but Jake and I had this discussion, and I think the the discussion that I always think about when I think of the Revenant is: is he really acting, or is he just reacting to the environment? That's like th- that, I that would say. It, it's I an think that's a interesting Thought process. I think
2: that. Well, I don't know. I, say, no, no, no. But know, but my point is, some of I acting think is reacting. I think that True. there are, yes. Famously, I think the quote is acting is reacting. Um, it is. Yeah. But, uh, uh, I, yeah, I think that's just one way to define acting. Like, I think some people, like, again, I think that when we talk about the Oscars and stuff as like, what was the hardest thing to do is kind of a bit reductive, but mm. I think that's okay. Like, if an actor is like, I'm going to put myself in this situation sure. to become that, like, that is acting anyway. Like, you're supposed to just do that internally and, like, just because you do that externally is a feat on its own. We're, we're not, it's a great performance. No one's, no one's scoffing at Tom Cruise. Like man, he tied himself <laughs> to the plane, you know, like it, does, it Of course <laughs> it looked like he was tied to a plane.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, but I mean, at the end of the day, Revenant's a great performance. I just think yeah. Wolf displays him. Sure. I, I think, think it's a fair, all, it's just fair. a full sure. circular 360 look at
0: his. Well, I guess what I'm hour. saying is it's not like scent of a woman where, you know, you're like, Oh, he won for that, you know, for, Pacino sure, you know, kind of sure. Thing. sure. Scent of a woman's great though.
1: Would you guys like it's to know
0: good. if you scored any points? Are we still game? playing the game? Yeah. <laughs>
2: All right. Your three point guess, Kevin McCarthy. 2009.
0: Your three point guess, Sean O'Connell. Okay. <laughs> 2009 is the one I had in my head okay. and I jumped forward to 2014 wow. because I thought 2009 was too far was too far away
1: question and I'm worried it might be 2010 now that's my worry or yeah
0: I've I've
2: <sighs> I've asked you guys this before I like this I think you guys have said no you guys like the purity of the game even though we made up these rules Donovan made up these rules really do you want to give a point and not jeopardy rules because that doesn't that doesn't make sense here Closest, if no one gets it, closest no. gets a single point. A single no, point. I, no.
0: Okay. No. Nope. I, I need don't it want to that. be... Uh, yeah, I
1: want I, I to want
0: play I some news it, for it, you, boys.
2: <laughs> Neither <laughs> of us got, got it. Couple of goose eggs. No points awarded okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: But I'm, I agree with Kevin. We should get sure. it or not get it. Sure. Sound yeah.
2: off in the comments, because you guys are having fun, too. If it's more fun for you, if they get a point, let me know. Well, uh, what's I, the year? I like that idea. That's what I'm getting to. So, oh. her, the films Her, World War Z, and The Wolf of Wall Street were all released... In the year two thousand
0: and thirteen. Damn it, I was, could have I, was had a point. Really I Could, could have, have had a point, point. I did, but I vehemently wow. voted against that. The, 2013. Wow. Okay. I didn't think yeah, it was that
2: late. I know when you said 2009. I was like, I was like, wow, that's that's a yeah. different era to think about.
1: Uh, I'm off. Yeah.
0: Won't do that. But that's man, crazy. it's hard. When you get that far back, everything kind of blends together. That's 15 years ago. 15 years ago. Holy wow. cow. The day we're recording this episode, mm-hmm. Back to the Future turns 38 years old. Wow. Yeah. 38. And Terminator 2 came out today also. But I think it was 32 years ago.
2: Did you guys see that in, yeah. Dial of Destiny came out the same day as, was it Raiders?
0: Oh, that's or, or, interesting.
2: Uh, uh, or Last Crusade? It was one of the Indiana Jones movies It came out like the same day. I can't remember that's which one it was. I was like, that's, that's crazy. That's really cool. Um, all, right. all right, for round number
0: two. Normally, this moves faster. <laughs> nah, it's okay. That's, no, like that's, part that's part of the fun. part of fun.
2: Yeah. If you if you never tuned into the premium feed, the uh, the energy that you're seeing is uh, we don't get anything done. Nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Your first clue for three points in the yes. second round is the film Goodfellas. What a transition, huh? Oh wow. Wolf of Wall Street oh, to Goodfellas.
1: This. I unlocked it at three points. I thought this was this
2: is Donovan. I gotta I got some notes for you. For three points, you're giving them Goodfellas. I think I know it. I'm gonna watch. That's where you're a big wrong. movie. That feels like a that feels like a one point clue to me.
0: Just wow. Uh, yeah. All right. I, think I, I I am putting it down.
1: Okay. Uh, well, while we're on Goodfellas, mm-hmm. is Goodfellas Scorsese's best movie?
0: I think it. Uh, yeah. Um, geez, I don't know. This, so is why, this is why game, this is why the blend game this is
2: why the blind game wasn't best because it's just uh, it's a.
0: It's a, so it's a, hard to no, pick his. There's no such thing. It's one yeah. of them. I mean, you could. I think that yeah. there's like five of his movies that you could argue. You could argue most of them are one of them.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like most, yeah. Most most of us are pretty great. It's up there. It's, it's both, definitely uh, up there. Are you guys both yeah. locked in with three I'm points? In. I'm Kev, in. Have you locked in?
1: I'm locked in for my three points.
2: For two points, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles,
1: which I felt fitting.
2: It's the only reason I picked this this year. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
1: I'm Mm. gonna stay, but I'm not. You know what the Sean? You know
2: what the main feed audience hasn't? I'm looking for one. I gotta find one. I might have used them all. The main feed hasn't been introduced to the. Multiple releases of the same name <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> in this
0: game. <laughs> Wait till you see this. That's yeah. super frustrating. Like, it might would have, be like yeah. three points. War of the Worlds. Yeah, I might have burned through all the
2: ones we had on this list.
0: But <laughs> uh, I'm keeping it because I don't really know the turtles. the live action turtles. Keeping it? Yeah, I'm keeping my three point guess.
2: Kev, you keeping your three point guess? Keeping my three point guess. All right. For one point. The best picture winner of this year, which is one of the clues that I can include dances with wolves
0: oh i think i got it
1: i think i got it too you're both staying locked in i'm staying locked in at three points
0: yeah Best i am
1: too I, f- I, I feel good i, about, I feel good I about this movie.
0: one it's i think it's one i think i'm either i either i have it or i'm a year off
2: did Same. you guys i think this is a random tangent but do you guys see some of the the drama behind yellowstone stuff with um uh, uh with him leaving yellowstone Costner? Not, nah. not really, no. Anyway, a part of it is he's, he's like finally making this Western he's been trying to make, I think he said for like 20 years. Like a film? Yeah. Oh, cool. And okay, I was curious if you guys read up on that because that's fast, like Kevin Costner in a Western that he's been wanting to make for like 20 years could be incredible.
0: Oh, did, yeah. Did, did anyone, did you guys see Open Range that he made with DeVon?
1: Oh yeah, Open I mean, Range. Never yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh my God! No, open Range is a terrific Western, and it was like, oh yeah, I forgot. Kevin Costner really loves this genre and yeah. knows exactly I've never, how to make I've it.
1: never seen Open Range. I've never seen it.
0: It's great. You should do a double feature of Silverado and Open Range. They are two outstanding Costner westerns.
2: All right,
0: chalk well, them up. Well, gentlemen,
2: yes, you're both locked in for three, right? Yeah, yeah. Sean, what is your three point guess? Nineteen ninety. Kevin, you're a three-point guess. Same. Same. Gentlemen, I've got some bad news for you. Damn it! All right, is it 91? It's 1990, but you're still tied. It's 1990. Oh, you both hey, it.
1: All
0: right, all right, there we go. I'll take hey, that. we still we'll got it.
1: That's I yeah, love how you s- set that up as, as <laughs> if we didn't get <laughs> it. Exactly,
2: <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, all right. Let me see. Let's find this is this is a fun We've one. We've had two this Scorsese's is. in here now. Let's I know, let's like, do look. I need to do I need to thread it again with a um are you ready for another round? Yeah. Round we two. Are.
1: Let's do it.
2: Round three. Gotta break the tie. The water boy. For three points. The water boy. Now this could have come out in any year of
1: like an eight year run. Oh my god. Let me think. All right,
0: hold on. Uh, I'm thinking of like Happy
1: Gilmore, Billy Madison, where those
0: were. All right, I'm going to put a, down a three point guess. This okay, is. I think
2: this on. is a round where um, you're either going to be really excited or really disappointed once I reveal the next clue.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. I, I'm going to go.
0: I either okay. have it or I'm one year
1: off. <laughs> okay. <Same. laughs> That's pretty good. All right. I, I have my three point guess written down. Okay, you're both I'm also in, the, in the same boat as Sean. I think also I'm one is Waterboy
0: good? I'm going to say no. When I, I was a child,
2: him. it was funny, but I haven't seen yeah. it since I was a kid. Like I don't know.
0: But it
1: was, it wasn't Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison level. No. It was I a mean, bit of a drop off.
2: If you told me that the Waterboy was kind of the same thing as. Um, uh, what's his What's his Halloween one that we
0: make fun of? Sorry, Hubie Hubie Halloween?
2: Halloween. If you tell me that it was just kind of Hubie, I'd be like, Yeah, that makes sense. That's probably the same energy, same thing.
0: But then, like, he did like Little Nicky, and yeah, like He went through a a, a low, a low run. Yeah,
2: for two points. Again, I think you're going to be really excited or really disappointed with this clue. This is a big clue for two okay. points. Armageddon. Oof, Sean! Sorry, okay. I just realized you probably know this very well. <laughs> I didn't think about that connection. Shoot! All right, so I, I have to go to two. You probably points. just you probably just watched this, huh? I I did. Yeah. Well, it, recently enough. Sorry, Kev. I didn't think about him. You know, having I was a good off a year. It's
1: okay. But I I'm going to stay at my. I'm staying at three points.
2: Fascinating. Fascinating. Damn it! Sean's locked in for two. Kevin's still locked in for three. Playing defense, <laughs> and the only way you can in this game, uh, for one point, saving Private Ryan.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm staying. I'm staying locked in.
2: Kev, what's your three point guess? 1998. And Sean, your two point
0: guess. Correct. 1998. 1998 is correct. I had 97 in my three point guess. So I was
1: I was in between 96, 97 and 98 initially. And then I just. Yeah, I went 98.
2: An update for the folks at home. Sean has five points. And Kevin has six points, just one point ahead. Which Kev or Sean? If you had given me the chance to give you a point, you'd be tied. I'm just going to point that's that true. out. That's true. I know,
0: but that that's not
1: the rule. That's I'm not just how we play, you play the no. game. It, <laughs> just it makes it it makes it more fun. I'm time. just
2: stating facts. You know, just just describing an alternate universe to you. That's all I'm. <laughs> um. All right. Let's go with for three points in our. I think this is the fourth round. No, this yes. is the. Yes, round. this is the fourth round yes yep. yes yes i have them written down here borat for three points
1: oh that's tough
2: that is tough
1: borat
2: yeah again it uh, feels like an era not a year you know
0: yeah i know i know oh uh, boy
1: I'm, t- I'm trying to think about it. so again because we're playing this in the main show in my mind i'm gonna tell you where i'm at so basically in my head i hosted a radio show mm-hmm. on cbs radio um around the, the time that i think this movie came out and I, I remember having sasha baron cohen on my show but as bruno later on after borat interesting so if i if i think about the time frame of when bruno would like have happened it's, and subtract some uh, it was so crazy. I had to do the interview with Sasha Baron Cohen in character as Bruno,
2: and <laughs> you, you were and you was, had to be Borat, right? You were dressed up. I no, I, I,
1: and I'm I'm on radio. Think about you know the explicit that character is. It's the yeah. same with Borat. Yeah, and so I, I, it was wild. I had to bleep so much because I because I what what I would do is I had a radio show that was on CBS Radio from Friday nights from seven to ten, and I would record mostly. I'd have like cinematographers like. Wally Pfister and Hans Zimmer and and composers that all behind the scenes. But then at some points I would get like, I would get like names that were like people definitely knew in terms at this time, not that people don't know Hans Zimmer, but at this time for a radio show, like I had the Coen brothers on for true grit. That's Um, insane. (laughs) That's pretty sick. But in this instance, I'm thinking about Bruno. All right. That's where my mind's at. Okay. All right. I'm locked in on, I think on, and I'm guessing,
0: I'm essentially okay. throwing a dart at a board, <laughs> but okay. I think I'm in the vicinity,
1: but my mind's like back in radio. So I'm trying to think of where that, that missed this. We're closing it. Right we on we this. probably only
0: have time for a couple more. rest. So this also, is these, shout, these out to, shout out to Maria Bakalova uh, for how amazing she was in the second Borat. Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, she's she great, as, great. I loved her as that. Cosmo.
0: I loved her as Cosmo. She's yeah. good as Cosmo and she's yeah. uh, outstanding in bodies, bodies, bodies. Oh, so I
1: funny borat was the first time you saw it sure though. yeah like that scene oh, it's hysterical
0: people still quote it. it's one of those
1: comedies that people still still quote but when he wrestles that guy on the bed naked yeah like that was <laughs> one, that that seeing that on the big screen yeah. like i'd never seen anything like that before it was like it was so borat was very it was a big deal when it came out i'm gonna go he, on i'm yeah.
2: gonna go on record and say that bodies 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 is officially underrated Yes. Because I feel like it comes up for me personally. I bring it up. I'm reminded of it. And I'm like, have you seen this at least once a month since it came out? Like at this point, you know, I was talking about it so profusely after we and saw it shout out, it last out to year, Rachel but, Sonnet.
1: Is that her yeah. last name? I think mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah. I think she is incredible. She's in She's a really new movie called Bottoms. I think she has a new movie coming out, but um, she is extremely talented and on, on one of the best parts of Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. It's also, Bodies, 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 Bodies has one of the best endings I've seen yeah. in a long time. Like, yeah. I did give not that, see that, that a coming. That's great. That was cool. Yes. Um,
2: all right, you both locked in for three points. Yeah. So for two points, we have Little Miss Sunshine. Shit. I think I'm okay. Oh, I'm like, I'm one year off. Wait a second. I think I'm one year off. So this is where Kevin oh. gambles.
0: Oh does, he, does uh,
2: he make the adjustment now because he thinks he's one year off or does he Wait, wait I for think the I'm, 1. I'm a couple
0: two? of years off.
1: Hold on a uh, second. Little I I think I'm one year off.
0: All right, I'm I'm two pointing locking in him changed
1: yeah. his guess. I he's
2: did. In for
0: two points. I'm two points locking in. Kev, you going to keep stay it? stay
1: at 3 because I'm not certain, which is going okay. kind to of, be terrible because once you hit me with the one pointer i'm probably gonna that's realize the that it was i think that for it sunshine
0: is. i have it that's the strategy of the game you gotta love it um all right for also the, <sighs> uh, shout out to the late alan arkin by the way who we just lost yeah. oh who yes. is outstanding in the yes, of sunshine. yes 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 did you
1: ever interview alan arkin i did not
0: John? no i didn't i, I got him one time to. did you
1: get him for that um for argo No, I got him for the Zach Braff movie. And it was like, and I'll never forget it because it was, it was Michael Caine. Morgan, it was called Going in Style. Going in Style. style. Yes. Thank you. It was, it was Michael Caine. So left to right, it was Alan Arkin, Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine in one. (laughs) Wow. For four minutes. For four minutes. Oh my God. And then you, did you
2: ask uh, Alan Arkin questions about the Dark Knight? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> wait wait i don't get it
2: I don't get
0: the it. other two guys the other are, two in are, in are in the dark oh <laughs> that's right i didn't even think about
1: that yeah. um no i remember one of the things i remember about alan arkin in that in that interview was i had michael i, I asked michael kane about the story about his name because his name is actually like sure it's, his name is not michael kane it's like yeah, it's a stage it's name, something yeah. it's maurice mickle mickle white i think is, is it's something very interesting
0: You should have kept, that.
1: kept that. um and he got the name because he was on, he was on a phone booth and he was looking outside the phone booth window and it was the Kane mutiny on the on playing in the theater at the time or whatever. And he was on the phone with his agent. Um, and I remember asking because he I'd heard this story, but I wanted to hear him tell it. But Morgan Freeman and Alan Arkin did not know it. So it's fun sometimes when you're in an interview and you ask a question and then the other people that are sitting with the actor start engaging in their own questions because they're curious about it and i remember alan arkin and morgan freeman just being like wait did you change your passport how did you do all this, this is so yeah, yeah, interesting yeah. and like the way alan i remember alan arkin engaging in that moment do you I'll know what that also that, does yeah, so. as a
0: little junket trick it buys you extra time
1: it does I often feel
0: I, like the people don't count your time against you if the talents start to talk to each other
1: yeah yeah that happened to me the other day
0: I was yeah, no one's gonna James look
2: at no one in that room's gonna look at morgan freeman and go hey
1: <laughs> well, pick it up. I, I was interviewing Jamie Lee Curtis and Tiffany Haddish the other day, and Tiffany was saying something that Jamie Lee Curtis was really fascinated by. So Jamie Lee Curtis started asking Tiffany questions, and it was like part of my interview. and I'm like, oh, this is this is kind of cool. All right, anyway. That's so funny. 2000. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. So continue on. Continue. I'm on. locked in. All right,
2: you're locked in for two. Kevin's locked in for three. Your one point clue is the Da Vinci Code. The Da Vinci Code. Kevin, how are you feeling? You feel confident?
1: I am not. You, have, point, you have a, a
2: one-point lead. You have a one-point lead,
1: so. I'm going to stay right. at three, but I think I'm one year. I think I'm one year over. Sean, you staying at two? Year.
2: I'm staying at two. Sean, what is your two-point guess?
0: 2007?
1: That's the one I chose. I think it's 2006, though. I, I went 2007, but I think it's 2006. The answer
2: is 2000. And six. Oh, oh no!
1: Son of a I bitch. I literally almost changed to 2006. Right. I was so close. <laughs> a peek behind oh, the curtain. A peek behind that, the curtain. Damn, Kevin dang has, it.
2: Kevin has to get back to his TV show in 10 minutes, which means we okay. have to finish this game and wrap up. So I will call no tangent round. Do I have we'll a blast. chance to catch we'll up? Blast. Yes. Three points. Only Three points, you five win. Five to yeah. six. Yeah. It's only one point. Okay, So this is the round, this is for all the marbles oh, Alright, no man. stories, just guessing This is for, the, this is oh. for all the marbles this is for the I do want to point out Home. to people
0: who complain that we got rid of the blend game th- We've recommended to you in this segment yeah, about exactly. 17 yeah. different movies you should I, watch
2: I told y'all that it would come back around in it's own yeah. way Alright, for all the marbles we're going to go right. with
0: for three points Babe Okay, babe. I'm lock, I'm locking in I'm locking in, and I'm even capping my pen and putting it oh,
4: down. You can uh-oh. watch that
0: on, on YouTube.
4: Oh,
2: capped his pen, folks. The kid oh, is ha- so
4: confident about the, the kid game. has
2: arrived. Um, he's thinking of babe picking the city, and he's just hasn't babe. figured it out yet. Are you? Are you, are you, a,
0: are you a big babe? Head? Huge babe head. Yeah. <laughs> they're called, those are called. They're called babies. Yeah, <laughs>
1: babies. Uh, I mean, I, I, I the first year that came to my mind, that I wrote it down. So, right. um, this or, was my yeah.
0: it was my wedding vow to Michelle. I said that that'll do. That'll
1: do. That'll Michelle. Do. <laughs> Are you serious? Did you really have babe dialogue <laughs> in your mouth? <laughs> All right. okay. I, I, I'm not confident, but I, I wrote down the first year that hit my mind. All right. Hey, that's a that's a strategy. Yeah. For two for two points.
2: Yes. The best picture winner of the year.
1: Oh, wait a second. Wait, hold on a second. <laughs> Before you even say it, the best oh, no. picture winner that you're about to say would be would have been released the year prior, correct?
0: Correct.
2: Well, no. Right? No, it, no, these are like it won no, it won the best picture of its of its, competition, of its year. Okay. Of its I, got, competition. I got what you're saying. The movie was released in the year that the answer is. It won it went on to win Best Picture. The following year.
1: Yes. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Th- then that's helpful. Okay, all right. So yeah, the yeah. movie you're about to say. One best picture the next year. How,
2: do, you, hey, do we want to? Uh, here's another thing, and we can adapt this game. When I get to, because I have two additional clues that sometimes crop up I have top domestic gross of the year and best picture. If you want, when I get to one, before I give you the clue, you can write down what you think it is. And at the end of the round, if you had the right guess, or, or whenever I announce it, if you had the right guess, I'll give you a bonus point.
0: Listen, I'm having okay. a hard enough time keeping up with I love it. I, I just the regular points. parts
2: of the All game. Right, two points. Two points. Kevin, I'm going I'm to push through. Two points. Best picture winner of the year,
0: Braveheart. Oh, shit. I'm uncapping okay. my pen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, no! Because
0: <laughs> I was um, off. All right, I'm I got gonna, it
1: now. I'm going to stay at three points. All right. Two points
2: for Sean, which if Kevin whiffs is enough to win. He's staying at three? He's staying at three. You don't he's have gotta, it, but he's got a whiff. You don't have it. The one point clue. <laughs> We're about to find out. Is, is Apollo 13.
1: Oh, I know. I'm good. I'm good. Oh. baby. I, I'm good. I, my, the first year I wrote down rap, I'm 100% confident with it. Sean, how, how, you feel?
0: Shawn, how it do you didn't feel? Help. It didn't help, but I'm keeping my two-point guess. Wait, I'm you know what? Two I'm,
1: I'm closing my pen by clicking it, <laughs> out, uh, clicking it off. All right. I like that. You know, I, like, it. I like
0: this bravado.
2: All right, the clues have been, have been dispersed. Kevin, you seem very confident. What is your three-point guess?
1: But my big concern now is I just put on a big show, and I'm probably, what but if the, I'm wrong? This is great. This is what'll make TikTok. 1995.
2: Ooh. And Sean for two points. Okay, this could be where the kid
1: takes it. 1997.
2: <laughs> yeah. The answer. And our winner. Oh, God damn it. 1995. Kevin yeah! takes it. Wow, you got babe. <laughs>
0: 1995. <laughs> yeah, hey, for some for
1: some weird reason <laughs> my mind went night right to 95. Yeah. And then, and then what, that's why I kept asking. So, because if he had said Forrest Gump oh. for Best Picture, which is the year Forrest Gump won Best Picture in 95, but sure. it was a 94 movie. Yes. Right. So, that's why I was like, in my mind, when you said Braveheart, I'm like, oh, that makes sense because Braveheart would have won in 96.
0: Yeah. I also want to point out that uh, f- 1995 was the correct answer. The, the year that I capped my pen when I wrote it down was 2001.
1: <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> yeah. So I, wasn't winning. Winning. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I wasn't winning at all When
2: did Babe Pig in the City Come out I want to say it's wait. like The City was like
1: 97 Wait no, it
2: was, oh, was it back yeah. It was 98 It would have been perfect If you actually were
1: confusing it For Babe Pig in the City <laughs> <laughs> two, little...
0: we, I've never right. seen Pig in the
1: City Can we do a bonus round That doesn't count My official TV segment Is at 3.15 Okay My show starts at 3 but I would love to do one more, just because this is too much. If fun. If you have time, right. we
2: still have to close out the show. Sean has to go through the rigmarole. Sure? Right,
1: one more, one we can more, do one
2: like more bonus round. Yeah, one more right, bonus right. round.
0: Right. Quickie. Just to, oh, just wait, to, how about like an all or nothing? Push all your chips on the table, right? Well, no, oh, you cool can. With that.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, you're you're way behind. It's not. Right. I, I, will,
1: I will say that I, I, like, <laughs> I I'm happy to have won the official rounds of you it. Did. But you did. You did. This. Sure. Whoever wins this round, all or nothing. I'm down. Okay. Of course, I'm gonna do lose. But go ahead. One more round. <laughs> Sure, all or nothing on a, on a I game. I set myself up for
0: this for three
2: <laughs> for three points. Okay, your clue in this bonus round that means nothing. <laughs> the Sting. The Sting. Oh. Your best picture winner. The Sting. Is this is
1: Paul Newman. Yeah. Oh gosh, I have absolutely no idea.
2: Capping my pen. Kevin, towards the end of his career, did they refer to him as Paul Oldman?
1: (laughs) I did. I did interview Robert Redford once and asked him legitimately if he ever went out and bought Paul Newman's uh, tomato
2: sauce. (laughs) Newman's own? I I had a a legit reason to
1: ask it because I was interviewing Robert Redford for Pete's Dragon and I remember like (laughs) tweeting out something about like Oh, I'm interviewing Robert Redford today. And then I realized, oh, I loved him in Captain America Winter Soldier. Sure. And in Winter Soldier, when he opens up the fridge in his <laughs> in his in his uh, house, there's Newman's own like salad you know dressing. They, they, they put that there on purpose, you know, 100 percent. Yeah, so yeah. I said to I said, Robert, I said, Mr. Redford, I said, um, this you might call be them, No, crazy don't lie. Co- don't lie to our audience. You call him Robbie. You call him. No, no, but I literally said, I, listen, I know this is a ridiculous question. But because your character had Newman's own salad dressing <laughs> in in the fridge, have you ever gone to a store and actually bought it? And He goes, no. He goes, I have good taste. And then, he literally, and, then he, and then he went. Up, and then he told me this amazing story about, about Paul Newman about how he got misrecognized from him in a store once. It, it, it was really cool. I only awesome. interviewed him legends. once, but legends. Right, the sting. I need y'all yep. to lock in, uh, Kevin. I'm locked in. I'm locked locked in. I'm locked in.
0: Yep, and I capped my pen.
1: I mean, which I means am so nothing. Far now. off. No, doesn't okay. mean anything.
0: Doesn't mean anything. Okay. All right. For two I'm points. In,
1: but I am so way off. For two points, Serpico. For oh
0: points.
1: gosh, I'm so oh, I'm so off. Oh wow. Kevin put uh, 2014. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, put, I, put, I put I put 1966. By the way. Oh, you're um, too far back. You're too far back. I know. I know. Um. Okay.
0: You uh, better. Okay,
1: is Serpico before Scarface? That's what I'm trying to think in my mind. Yes, it is. (sighs) Not that I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you It's okay. Sidney Lumet directed Serpico.
0: I'm locked in. You're keeping yours
1: or you're at two now? Keeping it. Keeping it? Keeping it. Yep, keeping it. All right, so here's my train of thought. I'm thinking of Al Pacino. I'm thinking of Serpico and Dog Day Afternoon.
2: These are good thoughts. Dog Day (laughs)
1: Afternoon. Well, Dog Day Afternoon and Serpico were both Sidney Lumet, I believe. I believe that yeah, and, right, and, yeah. and I'm trying to figure out which one came first. I think Dog Day was first.
0: Dog Day is pretty early.
1: So this has got to be Scarface was '80s or '80. I think <sighs> it might have been '80, but that's not the title.
4: Wow. <laughs> Do you guys want me to answer uh, whether
2: Dog Days was first or not? No. Sure. Uh.
0: Uh. Oh, was Dog Day after?
2: Afternoon. Get out of here. <laughs> that's pretty
0: good.
2: Uh, it was after, though. It was after. Surprico was after dog day.
0: It's afternoon.
2: No, is before dog day.
0: Right,
1: right, right, right. Okay. All right. Um, what a jerk. That's pretty. It's pretty good, actually. All right. I'm locked in at two points. All right. For one point, your
2: clue for one point in our final round: American graffiti.
0: Oh bang! bang. Oh <laughs> the kid! The gee! London
1: in three. Wait, the George Lucas movie? Yes. Yeah. Georgie Luke.
2: Man, I should have went for oh, this, like, Sean. Huh? As his friends
1: went. call this him. Is, this is bad. Um, Georgie Luke! <laughs> all right, answer me this. Star Wars was 77. Correct. Graffiti was before Star Wars. That's
2: how he funded Star Wars. It was. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Because I because I just just for full disclosure, I wrote down 1977 mm-hmm. as my second guess. Okay. And you're for um, one point. You're
2: down to one point now.
1: Yeah. So I'm gonna go. Okay.
2: Locked in at three. Seven. Locked in at three. Hands in the air. All right, I just I need you to write one down so we can This close is gonna out. hurt so bad. If <laughs> We're already way over. Oh, I'm so confident. All
1: right. Okay. All right. I'm I'm locked in.
2: All right, Sean. Your three point guess. 73, baby. Kevin, you're a one-point guess. 75. 1973. The Kid! (laughs) The Kid!
0: The Kid! The Kid! Pulls it out! Uh,
1: But Kevin, of course, I... I but set Kevin myself won. up for disaster. Kevin, Kevin did Kevin win
0: won. though. <laughs> Kevin right. did win. All right, Sean, Bye. close us out. Let's wrap it up here. So that's uh, a that, that is what year was it? And we will also continue to bring some fun games over to the show when we don't have a huge movie to review. That was fun. Or or big news to get into let us know down in the comments uh of our youtube channel whether you guys enjoyed the game um and let us know if you guys did really well with it as well too um we also want to throw this out here to you guys because we're at the halfway point of the year so if you're watching us on the YouTube channel, if you want to head over to the YouTube channel, which is YouTube, YouTube.com backslash real Blind podcast, tell us in the comments down below your top five movies of the year. So far, we're essentially at the halfway point of the year. This is your chance to give us your top five Um, that will also help some other people who listen to the show, uh, maybe pick up on a couple of different titles that they haven't yet seen. Um, and then I will let you guys know. So we're going to do this next week where the show is going to do our Uh, official.
2: No. So, so yeah, so this is, this is usually when we do it every year, Jake couldn't be here this week. Um, I am, I have a week in July earmarked. Um, at towards the end of July, but we have a couple big weeks coming up where I don't think we're going to have time to do it. So hopefully we'll get to this on the show. But if not, the comments down below. We want to hear your picks. Yeah. Um, and of course we'll
0: be responding.
2: I want to hear people's out. picks. I
0: want to find out some things I missed. Again, like,
2: folks, we want the we want the YouTube comments to be um, you know, where the the blend game yeah. lives on, where the yep. conversation keeps going, where the positivity uh lives. So. Head down there and have fun. All right. Meet the 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 community. That was a
0: lot of fun. Uh, Interact with us on social media. In the meantime, while you guys are waiting for the next episode, at Jake's Takes, at Kevin McCarthy TV, at Sean underscore O'Connell, at Gabe Kovach, and the show is at Real Blend. We'll be back to you guys next week with some exciting... Is it exciting interviews yet? Exciting interview time? Are we getting close? Close. We're we're getting close. close.
2: Well, yeah, because I don't think... uh, We have made... There's a hashtag if it happens next week, but like we don't know already at the beginning of this week if it's going to happen.
0: All right. Fair enough. Keep it tuned in here. Talk to you guys next week. Adios. Pop Poppenheimer. The man who
1: moved the earth. Barbenheimer. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible T-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant.